Thank you for tuning in to Voice of Islam Jamaica. The following is a recorded program of a live show. Please do not call in, but feel free to send messages on our WhatsApp line at 876-283-9533. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. May the peace and blessings of God be unto you. Hello dear listeners, welcome once again to Voice of Islam. Here at Voice of Islam, we seek to educate the general public on issues and concerns and also questions that people may have about the religion of Islam. I am your host, Imam Ibrahim Fawson. Voice of Islam is sponsored by the Ahmadiyya Muslim community here in Jamaica. And for the knowledge of the new listeners, the Ahmadiyya Muslim community is one of the over 70 denominations in Islam. This community believes in the advent of the reformer of the age in the person of His Holiness Mirza Ghulam Ahmed. May peace be unto him. The Ahmadiyya Muslim community is spread across over 200 countries and it is a peace-loving community which rejects any form of violence against God's creation. The motto of this community is love for all and hatred for none. Today on Voice of Islam, we are dedicating this program um, to talk about the global um, crisis that is plaguing the entire world. Um, I believe listeners are already aware of the situation the world is going through in the wake of the outbreak of a deadly pandemic, um, coronavirus, which has now been termed as COVID-19. We want to um, have a discussion um, around this um, topic, see some of the ways we can adopt to protect ourselves, um, hygiene, what are we to do as religious community and also as citizens and you know um, some of the things we can also do to help people who are um, of need in times of um, this deadly um, disease but just to give a little overview um, this disease virus basically started somewhere at the later part of 2019, um, December 2019, and um, the first place of discovery was in Wuhan, in China, uh, and, you know, started spreading. Basically, the, the history of this disease is said that um, it is a virus which is known to be in certain species of animals, and um, we could get to human beings' initial stage as they knew only when a person had direct contact with infected animal. But then, as time went on, the disease started getting out of the already known, um, you know, um, mode of transmission, and people started getting infected. Initially, as we are told by um, some news agencies the government of china started i mean attempted to 
um, blocked information about the disease, but then as nature would have its cause, it started spreading in a way that people did not even anticipate. People might have thought that um, this disease or this virus would stay in China, but as global village as we have today, as we speak now, the virus or this coronavirus has spread across over 130 countries of the world now. And people infected by this disease number over 250,000. The deadly, I mean, people who might have, who have lost their life is also within the range of over um, 10,000. Yes, there are some recovery um, stories, which also amounts to over 70 to 75,000. So it is a serious problem. And even in Jamaica, as we speak now, we have about 15 reported cases with one uh, death in in this this um, situation where some section of the um, country have been under lockdown there are several directives the government has given for i mean citizens to follow just to ensure that um, this uh, pandemic is brought under control as religious communities we also have adopted our own internal ways of you know helping to curb the the virus so as usual i have with me imam Tariq azim who is going to answer some questions and also give us some kind of um, information as to how we can protect ourselves in terms of hygiene and also as islamic community what are some of the teachings that islam offers in times of such difficulties pandemic or plague so, Imam Tariq Azim, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, and welcome to Voice of Islam. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Peace and blessings of God be upon you and all the listeners. I, I must say that um, this is not uh, one of the topics we ever thought we were going to, you know, um, talk about because nobody expected this coming, um, you know, as we have it. But then, from our previous topics we spoke about the the danger and the possibility of a world war and some precautions people can take and other things and it appears it some of them are in line with what we are going through in terms of um, trying to you know stock up a uh, uh, few things that a person can you know need for about a month or three weeks or some kind of um, situations um, here we are we are dealing with coronavirus and um, it has affected a lot of um, countries in Jamaica. It has economic impact, lifestyle, and there are strict measures underway, basically, that we have to um, all follow. What are some of the ways we can adopt to protect ourselves against this, I mean, um, virus? Yes. Um it is a very serious and major thing, major issue that is uh, plaguing the world. The first thing that we can do to protect ourselves is understand the, the impact of this. Understand that how it can uh, or it is crumbling our society, our economy and how it is impacting. And uh, who is at most risk 
So understanding the virus that is coronavirus or COVID-19, that is the first thing. Because unless we know what our, you know, what our uh, opponent or enemy is like, it is not easy or it is not possible to defend to ourselves. Defend, yeah. You refer to world war and, uh, you know, and whatnot. I was reading on social media, someone had said that this is a type of war that is taking place sure. in the world right now. The good thing is that the enemy that the world shares is a common enemy common rather enemy, than yeah. humans fighting against sure. one another. So, and to defeat this enemy, we need to work together and whatever measures are being taken by uh, different governments in their respective countries and whatever the health advisories are, we should follow them in order to limit the spread of coronavirus. And as they repeatedly say on, on, you know, on the news, to flatten the curve. That is extremely important and that is the only way that we can protect ourselves uh, as I said, uh, as I mentioned, by educating ourselves. Some of the basic uh, tips and techniques that have been mentioned over and over on the news, but I still feel that it is not enough and, and you sure. know, we should continue to mention what we know to the people around us so that we are well equipped uh, and we are well prepared so that the virus doesn't uh, strike our communities uh, across Jamaica, as sure. we know that many communities are sure. already affected by it. Sure. Number one thing is that we should have social distancing. For those who might not be aware of this term, what it means is that we should cut down our interaction with as many people as possible. If we do not need to go out of the house, do not go out of the house. The, you know, activities such as going to the bar, drinking, these things Muslims do not do. But at the same time, they're common in the society. So these things are such that are not a, you know, a necessity, not a requirement. People go maybe to have a good time or something like that, to casinos, to gamble, to drink, or have other sports activities. All these activities should be cut down. Sure. And people should stay home as much as possible. Stay away from you know, the crowds and all these things. This is social distancing that is required. And if we do that, then we are giving the chance to our hospitals, sure. to our, you know, all those uh, health officials, the doctors out there, that they can manage this virus as it is spreading. But if we, if we continue the w our life the way we have been doing in the past, what will happen is that the virus will spread too fast. Too many people will get infected very quickly in a short time, so many that the hospitals cannot handle at once. So by you know, social distancing, by maintaining social distance, what it means is that we reduce the rate at which this virus is spreading sure. in our society. And this gives our hospitals a chance to, f to, to cure those people who are already there. And sometime later, if more people ca come, they can help them as well. Secondly, one should avoid crowds in this situation. Sure. What that means is... You know, like, for example, you need to go to work, go to work. But it doesn't mean when you see, you know, 5, 10, 20 people gathered in a place, you should not be standing around. You should try to move away from that place because sure. you don't know who is infected. Sure. Right? It is possible that you yourself are infected because this virus is such that sometimes on some people it would not show any symptoms. That's, that, that's the, I mean, the, the dangerous aspect of this um, um, virus. People might get sick within, I mean, they might have the virus. But then 
it might take up to maybe from 1 to 14 days before they start developing symptoms. Correct. The most common symptoms of this uh, coronavirus disease are fever, tightness, dry cough, and, you know, difficulty in breathing. But then it says that uh, most people, over 80% get recovered from the disease without needing any special treatment. Okay. However, the elderly are at risk than any other you know category of the people yeah. another, another group of the people yeah. so this is one of the things that make the disease um right. somehow because a person can carry it without exhibiting any signs and then the person keeps you know spreading it yeah and uh, as i we talked about social distancing there is one thing that if you think that you don't feel well sure. and there's a possibility that you you know you feel that there might be that you uh, you have the virus coronavirus in that case you should self-isolate yourself so that if you have it that's you know because right sure. now they don't have enough uh, facilities to test every single person sure. that just has all those symptoms because yeah. those symptoms are very common, common yeah. and general flu or general cold can bring about similar symptoms so due to that it's not possible to test every single person uh, so therefore it if you feel or i feel that i have those symptoms it is best that i self-isolate meaning sure. that i just go into isolation i mean the best example i can give of that is the prime minister of canada his wife was tested positive so he himself because it is possible that he even though he was not uh, necessarily you know he wasn't tested positive, positive yeah. but at the same time that he could be carrying the virus and he could pass it to someone else he isolated himself so that he doesn't interact or he interacts with very limited amount of people. So that is important as well. So when we are outside, uh, beside avoiding crowds, the next point would be to, to maintain distance between you and the people around you. Sure. If you go into a bank, now already you would see that they're, they're also making, taking the uh, you know, measures to maintain distance between people. So wherever such thing is not practiced by the office or place, whatever we are, wherever we are, we should do this ourselves. And if we see that somebody is sneezing, coughing, instead of uh, showing any disgust or some kind of, you know, um, sure. you know, mistrust or sure. something like that, we should give them benefit of doubt. But at the same time, take, take precautions, stay away, maintain your distance and stay away from them, them so that, you know, no droplets or respiratory droplets come on you, sure. God forbid, if they have the virus. We, we would come to the, um, the um, sneezing and coughing, I mean, aspect of it, but, um, you know, this is a um, long-standing practice that I believe should have been very common amongst us that when people are sneezing or when they are coughing, they are supposed to cover and suppress as, as and when they can. Islam, particularly Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, um, he has given, an, I mean, I, one in his hadith, he stated that when a person is um, coughing or he's, you know, yawning, they should cover their mouth. So that um, in the hadith, he says, Satan doesn't enter their mouth. So this is, of course, it's a metaphorical way. Gems are considered also as um, Satan in that kind of um, kind of metaphorical way. Yeah. So it is a good practice that um, whether we are sick or we are not sick, when we have to cough, we should cover our mouths and try to, if possible, we should even stay away from people and then try to cough. Sneezing is more um, rapid than coughing. So it is a little bit um, difficult to control, but then still, we should use some of the techniques we have been told, either to use our elbow to, you know, um, catch whatever we are, we are sneezing, so that we yeah. don't, I mean, um, spread 
droplets you know because what we are told that these viruses are in um, droplets largely when a person coughs or sneezes and the droplets you know stay in the air for quite some i mean little short of time and then people can also pick it they they stay on you know in the air but mostly in, on, on, the on the surface or wherever yeah, there sure, is sure. and somebody could come and touch that very sure, surface sure. and then they they have sure. a chance of taking those germs with them and according to studies the germs stay on the surface for some hours sure. some and in some cases depending on what surface, surface. it is for more than a day even sometimes sure. so again it is necessary that uh, you know we cover ourselves so that we do not leave our germs around either and uh, you mentioned um, symptoms i have um, some days as to the number of days and the symptoms that might prevail though some people may not have symptoms at all but then here i have um, they say from day 1 to day 3 people might have um, fever and also mild sore throat from day 1 and 3 but then from day 4 up to day 5 sore throat intensifies a little bit and then the voice becomes heavy here they they put like um, i mean heavy voice and then also body temperature goes up a little bit and then um a lot of other factors go into it they have diarrhea and other 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 things then from day 5 going also they say um fatigue then muscle pains and dry cough begins from day 6 mild fever and the temperature goes to about 37 degrees and then the productive cough sorry um productive cough or dry cough persist and then difficulty in breathing so almost like after a week then the difficulty in breathing you know starts so um it goes on and on since um you have a lot to share i wouldn't yeah. i wouldn't take much but then what no it's good that you shared sure. because this is important for people to know what the symptoms are so in case and again i mean unless the symptoms get very severe, severe yeah. the instructions are that we should not just go to the hospital sure because uh, it is possible that we might have a common flu or a sure, cold sure. and going to a place like that puts at puts us at greater risk risk or others also at risk others at as well so therefore it is better if we can uh, avoid going to the hospital unless the situation gets very severe for example sure. breathing becomes a serious challenge because the hospitals do not have any cure for coronavirus there is no vaccine sure. as of yet to cure this virus what they can do is if somebody is having trouble breathing to the point that they cannot breathe anymore you know put ventilate put them on ventilators or something like that but that is an extreme case so majority of the people recover even before reaching that stage uh, alhamdulillah that is you know it's not as serious right away so unless somebody is at that point one should not go and trouble the health facilities which are already basically you know um, burdened with uh, with the, or they're understaffed and they cannot take care of all this um, all the patients that are coming through next point i wanted to mention uh, as we were discussing what sure. how we can protect ourselves is hygiene sure the, you know it has been mentioned again and again that we must wash our hands and give about 20 seconds to rinse it nicely so that any germs that there might be we are able to uh, get rid of them any bacteria that might be we are able to uh, wash them off another thing is that this disease has been particularly as you also mentioned uh, labeled to attack or you know uh, have serious impact have serious on. impact on the elders sure so elders need to be older generation older people need to be more careful 
because as I mentioned, you know, it attacks the lungs. And naturally, with age, our all of our body sure. organs try, you know, wear down. So lungs, at, for an older person, if they get attacked, it's very easy for them to have a pneumonia and then go into ICU. And again, if there is not enough support at the hospitals, it is possible that they might not be able to survive. Italy, we have seen. Italy right now is facing one of the worst, um, you know, outbreaks of this. Sure. Since China, they have had this, after China, they are the most uh, infected, infected country. But in deaths, they have already passed. The number China have That China has. Recorded. So the mortality rate in Italy right now is more than that of China. Why that is, is because so many elderly people caught the virus okay. and they, they ended up, you know, of course, uh, dying from that. So that is one thing that um, we have to be careful that if we feel the symptoms or not, we should try to stay away from the elder population as much as possible so that we don't put them at sure. risk. So even those, you know, if uh, a child, for example, uh, takes care of his father or mother and meets them often, in these days, that interaction should be, you know, next to min uh, next to nothing so that we don't put our loved ones or any, any elderly sure. person at risk. So these are just some of the uh, basic tips that we can consider and... Uh, th hopefully they will protect us against coronavirus thank you very much and um as an islamic community you made mention of hand wash and regular um, hygiene and other things of course as muslims um i would say this is not new to us um islam teaches us and the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reported to have said that um um atuhuru shatrul iman that uh, cleanliness is part of faith so when you, a person adopts cleanliness, he's only or she's fulfilling a religious requirement, not just, you know, hygienic um, requirement. And then also in the, I think in the Bible also, with, I mean, we have a saying which says um, uh, cleanliness is next to godliness. However, the, the approach of adopting this cleanliness as a Muslim by the way we pray, for every, every day, five times, we perform what we call the ablution. We wash our hands, we wash our faces, and, you know, we clean them thoroughly. There are prescribed ways of washing our hands and washing the feet. We wash the hands, not only the, the, to, the, to the wrist, but we wash to the elbow. All these things are things that we have been doing. So I think religion also has a role to play in times like this. If things are done regularly as part of our habit, it doesn't become difficult for us, and we don't like um, easily forget it. So this is uh, one of the, I would say, the benefits I would um, have for being a Muslim because the hand wash and the regular hygiene is something that we do yeah. almost all the time. In, in Islam, hygiene is given so much important sure. importance that uh, I don't see it in any other religion in that manner. Um, you mentioned several aspect, aspects. God Almighty says in the Holy Quran, the scripture for Muslim, yuhibbul yeah. It means that God Almighty loves those who, who keep themselves sure. clean, who keep themselves purified. This is the, a teaching of the Holy sure. Quran that if you want to be loved by God Almighty, you, you have should. To be clean. You have to be clean. So if you see Muslims. Um, regardless of their financial social, social or social standard, standard, they always try to maintain 
uh, a particular level of, of hygiene, of yeah. cleanliness, right? They would always want to be uh, dressed cleanly. Muslims offer five daily prayers, prayers five yeah. prayers in a day. Before each prayer, you mentioned that they perform ablution. First, they wash hands, and not just the hands, but the hands are washed up to the elbows. Elbow. And it is mentioned that each of the body, body organ that they're washing, body part they're washing, it must be washed three times. Sure. So imagine, <laughs> the emphasis is there sure. to wash it properly. The face is washed properly. Sure. The nose needs to be rinsed three times. Sure. The mouth, mouth needs to be rinsed washed, three yeah. times. You know, uh, it is mostly, I mean, the, there, is various, there are various ways one can catch this virus. But they said the three entry points, if we protect them, sure. it is less likely. What sure. those three entry points are, mouth, nose, and eyes. Sure. So a Muslim, not during this vi time of virus, any time, sure. if he's a practicing Muslim, Muslim. he's washing himself five times, five a, times day. a day. His feet, his hand, his arms face, up to the elbow, face, nose, nose mouth, and ears, even ears, ears, and then passing I mean, what so I This is, the again, head. I mean, uh, hygiene becomes a natural, uh, you know, taking good care of your uh, cleanliness, of uh, bodily cleanliness, becomes, uh, you know, second nature. It is something that you do on a daily basis without any... Um, thought to it that why am I doing it because it is a religious obligation beside this in Islam Friday prayers sure. each Friday just like Christians gather on Sundays the Jews gather on Saturdays the Muslims gather on Fridays for their prayers and the Prophet peace be upon him has said that you should wash up meaning take a shower before going for Friday prayers because Friday prayers is the largest gathering that a Muslim generally attends in a week so if you go, you know, if everybody there has taken a shower on that day for sure that they're going for the largest gathering. Other days, I mean, Muslims are encouraged and they, they take shower. But on Fridays, they take shower every single Friday without missing it because they have to go to the prayer. And if everybody takes care of this hygiene, if, uh, you know, taking of, taking of shower, then it reduces the risk of spreading of viruses or all these other things. So there are so many measures that Islam promotes to protect us from uh, such viruses and if these you know uh, practices if these teachings are practiced I should say uh, we are best equipped as best as we can to protect ourselves against any plague or any virus such as COVID-19 that is uh, plaguing the world right now and um, I think as, as Jamaicans we I mean have to like the Prime Minister has said said um, we should prepare our minds towards a potential, you know, um, widespread of this. So uh, adhering to some of these um, di directives and instructions would help us also to curb the situation. But one thing I want us to uh, look at is that um, I understand and you might have also come across some conspiracy theory about whether it is a biological weapon, manufactured in a lab or whatever. But one thing is critical, the place, as I mentioned earlier, where this virus emanated, Wuhan, in China, is notably and um, known, basically is known for the, 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 the sales of wild animal livestock, I mean, dangerous animals, basically. And um, people have it is believed that this, this virus originally was within some wild animals and then got into people but i want us to look at the the food 
you know the proper way of eating basically islam gives us regulation as to what we should eat and what we should not eat in the holy quran for instance in chapter number two verse 174 and chapter number five verse four god tells us exactly what to eat and what not to eat we have seen of course we are not uh, stigmatizing or we are not kind of um lashing back against any particular region or any particular people but then the way people eat there are some people who eat almost almost anything that works this could also have effect on the way um the way handle i mean food is handled as to why this so let's can we take us to why islam would have to put restriction on what we are to eat and what we are not to eat I think we discussed this in an uh, in, in a different episode while we were discussing something else. Um general teaching and understanding of Islam is that you are what you eat. Sure. It means that whatever you consume it has an impact on you. It has some sort of an effect on you. So therefore if you eat those things that God has made lawful for you it means that there is less likely to be any harm for you in those. Sure, sure. And if you go against the teachings that god almighty has given then what you are doing is without knowing you are taking some negative aspects negative health or negative social or negative spiritual um impact from eating or consuming those things in the holy quran there is two chapters one of the that you referred to chapter 5 verse 4 4 sure. but that whole chapter it's called al-maida sure. which means um you the know the dining, dinner table yeah, or the dining, dining table, yeah. the dining table or so and uh, that whole chapter there's several verses not the entire chapter but there's several verses that talk about this then the chapter right after this it's called al an'am the cattle the sure. animals basically and again god says that what kind of animal you can eat what you and cannot what you and also talks about that if an animal is hurt or injured or infected or sick then what to do with that animal meaning can we consume or not no right so there's different directions given and islam basically gives us a complete set of guidelines that if you um you know uh, are in whatever condition how you should behave and again uh, certain animals have been forbidden and uh, certain animals that are allowed even then it is mentioned that under what situations even those become unlawful sure so so um i think it is it is quite important as i said if we put all the conspiracy theory aside and we look at the living conditions of the people who basically this disease started we have something in common particularly let's also look at even ebola which started in guinea and then i mean affected liberia and sierra leone i mean it could be traced to what they said but and other things of course people also had some kind of conspiracy theory islam gives us basically two types of food some we call the halal which is the lawful and then the haram which is the unlawful so before i mean you usually will see muslims when buying meat or when buying food they would want to know whether the food is lawful to be eaten and if the food is not lawful they are not going to eat i think in the bible too there are certain foods which are to be eaten and which are not to be eaten but as i always say when it comes to practicing what is in the scriptures muslims stand out in almost all aspects and i should say this with that kind of confidence because as a muslim i know that they say 
for instance, pork is not to be eaten. In the Holy Quran, the Bible also says the same thing. But then I have never seen a Muslim who is eating a pork. But then you might have people who would say they believe in the Bible and they would eat those things. But then when you tell them, one of the things they will tell you is that they will quote Matthew chapter 15 verse 11, which says that um, not that which goes into the mouth defies man, however that which comes out of the mouth defiles a person. Meaning that, I mean, you can eat anything. So it is some kind of a misunderstanding, but if we also regulate and we look at what we eat, I think... I, I just want to say that sure. that statement, it's a beautiful statement. I mean, sure. uh, it, it, if you understand it in the right context. context. If you take it out of context, then you are saying that you can literally eat anything, eat anything and it doesn't even have to be food. You can even be eating flies. literally garbage. Yeah, flies and And anything. you're saying it doesn't make a difference to what you're eating. Sure. I mean, I could give worse examples, but I think one should understand that the, you can't take that worse out of context. Over there, spiritual cleanliness is being referred to. That it is important what comes out, you know, what you say and things like that. But that should not be a reason to uh, say that, oh, that, you know, the New Testament gives us permission or Prophet Jesus gives us permission to eat pork or other uh, things that were forbidden already in the Old Testament and things like that. Thank you very much. Um, let's look at um, the precautionary measures as Muslims what teachings does Islam give in times of plague and other dangerous diseases, um, you know, which causes that kind of um, serious issue in societies? What yeah. are the Islamic guide, guidelines that um, we can, we can yes. adopt? Yes. Um, after the demise of the Holy Prophet Muhammad, wasallam, uh, there was... A, you know, a system of spiritually, righteously, rightly guided caliphate. The first Khalifa, his name was Sayyidna Abu Bakr. After him, the second Khalifa, the second spiritual leader of the, of the Muslim community was Sayyidna Umar. May God be pleased with him. During his time, one, he was planning to travel to Syria once sure. with his, uh, with, with his uh, you know, other companions. And there was news that there is some sort of plague in Syria which is affecting and thousands of people are dying, you know, regularly now. So he wanted to go there and assess the situation, being a very sympathetic leader. He wanted to see that what he could do to help the people there. Yeah. So he left from his town and they were on the way towards Syria when some people suggested that, uh, oh, leader of the believers, you should not travel there because the, the virus or the disease or the plague is such that it, you know, it is killing too many people and we can't put you, we, should, we don't want you to be in risk at all. Sure. So taking their advice, he held a council that what is the instruction of Holy Prophet Muhammad, Salaam the founder Salaam. of Islam, peace be upon him, in regards to times like this. So different companions come and you know, they give diff their opinion, whatever they best understood. So eventually one companion, he said that, I remember the Prophet, peace be upon him, so, saying this, that he said that if you hear of an outbreak of plague in a land, in a country, do not enter it. But if the plague breaks out in a place while you are in it, do not leave it. That's very interesting, you know, so this and scientific. 
also. Exactly. This this um, basically statement uh, of the Holy Prophet, peace be upon him, put the second Khalifa at peace. He was comfortable now knowing that this instruction is there, so I do not need to go. I can do whatever measures I can take to help those people there, but I do not need to go there personally because I would be uh, basically going against an instruction of the Prophet. So he traveled back from there. So the instruction is that if there is a virus in a place, disease, plague in a place, do not leave it if you're already there. But if you know that this country or this land has that virus, then you do not enter that. And this you was a teaching go. which was given 1,400 years exactly. ago. Exactly. This was said 1,400 years and ago. And today we prophet. think we are so advanced. We are, you know, um, we are educated. However, in most of the cases that we have this spread of um, this um, COVID-19, most of it were imported cases. Imported cases, yes. And I mean, there was people in... Um, Wuhan, China, yeah. where the, this outbreak initially started. started. And uh, people wanted to, and, s and those who could, left immediately without any, uh, you know, having themselves tested that they are positive with, with the virus or not. Those who could leave, they left immediately. This is before the sure. lockdown. And even those, uh, you know, who were not able to leave after the lockdown, they wanted to leave. Again, I, I personally feel that is very selfish sure. of the people who are in the middle of the outbreak. They should stay within their confined zone sure. and uh, wait for the outbreak to be over. And if God has you know, written it for them that they would live on, then they, they will, will live. live on. So, but by going outside your zone, you're you know, putting everybody at, the ris at risk. There were people that were taken out by different governments from Wuhan, China. Sure. But those people were then brought into the, the you know their own countries respective countries and they were put into quarantine sure so that is an appropriate measure that the governments took but otherwise people just living on their own that is against the teaching of islam and it is against um, general betterment or you know or well-being of humanity well-being of society because now you're putting every everyone at risk we had one case in jamaica recently that they had quarantined the person and that person for whatever reason escaped from his place putting the whole country in putting I the mean, whole country at risk, at risk. and I, I hope and believe that that person was not tested positive it was just a suspected case but if he you know were to be um, had you know he had the virus he could have spread it already to so many people so again i mean this is um, this is teaching. the teaching of islam that you stay put and then you wait for it to uh, you know, go away, so then you can travel freely in the land. Could you could you go over that that hadith? I mean, the saying of the prophet. Yes. I, I want. I mean, I want you to to go over it. Yeah. The prophet, Holy Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, said that if you hear of an outbreak of plague in a land, do not enter it. But if the plague breaks out in a place while you're in it, do not leave it. Sure. See again, you would notice that. A very common Islamic theme is present in this. And Muslims know this. So no Muslim, I mean, who believes practicing in the, Muslim, yeah, yeah. a practicing Muslim who believes in the guidance of the Prophet Muhammad would, 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 would take this, you know, either risking himself or risking the life of other people. Other people, exactly. So this requires sacrifice that if you are there, don't put others at risk, those who are not yet at risk. You know, uh, before the program, we were discussing that some people... In, uh, in Italy... In Italy, yes, okay. I will come to that. Okay. But some people who had traveled to Italy, yeah. which is one of the worst, uh, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, they did not report to the authorities sure, that sure. they had been to Italy with the fear sure. that they might be quarantined or sure. searched sure. more yeah. or, you know. Yeah. 
interrogated more. So that is again going it's against a, the right teaching. It's a selfish, selfish, and uh, not exactly, not a um, exactly. patriotic. I mean, stance for yeah. anybody to take. And we also talked about the situation in Italy. It's been all over the news that um, once the country, you know, the northern Italy, where the outbreak was severe, the, yeah. um, they wanted to put it on lockdown. And before this was implemented, the news broke out, and the people from there started the to the news leaked. News leaked, okay. and the people started rushing out of that area to go to southern Italy or other parts, so that you know th th they're not within the lockdown. But now this is an extremely selfish situation. Now you're putting the whole country at risk, and if those people were you know that that ran away and escaped the area, now they through them the virus spread to the whole country. So I mean these are certain things teachings that Islam teaches, and if we understand them then if we know the you know value of these teachings then even the person who is sick or who is in in an area where there is a plague or a disease or a virus he will make sure that you know this is the better man this sure, is what is better for the society so i must do this and but that in those cases that, that is jihad basically yeah. sure you know in, in italy it is possible that those people who escape from north italy to go out it, they maybe you know they thought that we don't have the virus sure but then a, as a society, you have to make sacrifices sometimes. Sure. And that is what Islam teaches, that you, we should be ready to make sacrifices for the country and for, for the our country neighbors. and for our nation and for the you know, general humanity, humanity in general. One other thing uh, you, you mentioned that, you know, what does Islam teach us in, in times of uh, outbreaks like this that causes panic and sure. worry? We, we see that people um, in many countries, in first world countries even, uh, you know, there was so much panic that people went out and started buying stuff <laughs> and emptying the shelves completely. completely. And people went out and bought hand sanitizers more than what they might need for five years. There is, there is a guy, a guy I think, in the, in the U.S. or where, where I mean, who has, um, you know, packed seventeen thousand seven hundred bottles of hand sanitizers mm -hmm. just for the sake of selling it at, you know, exorbitant right. prices to make to make um you know profit and i think also as muslims um this afternoon i saw a video in the uk um a muslim the person speaking was a muslim but then he was cautioning other muslims that um they should practice the teaching of islam not to make profit out of this situation people are you know tripling and you know doubling the price of items an item which sold like 1,000 now, people are selling like 5,000 just because their fellow, I mean, um, you know, compatriots are in need of it and they want to just enrich this themselves in this situation. That is also something that Islam, yeah. I mean, does not, I mean, uh, commend that we do. It is a time that we need to, uh, you know, maintain our necessary uh, precautions to protect sure. ourselves, sure. but at the same time, to sacrifice. Sure. You know, the, because of this whole panic situation, there has been incidents that the taxi drivers have refused to, to take pick up nurses from hospitals to homes or, other, you know, the other way around because they fear that they could catch the virus. I mean, I, I understand the fear, but I mean, to all those listening, I would remind you that it is our obligation to help each other. Sure. If those nurses, those doctors do not go to the hospital, we if we are at risk we cannot be cured so sure. we have to you know be ready to sacrifice 
for for the betterment of humanity and even if it puts us at a little bit of risk we have to accept that because if nobody if those nurses don't reach their um uh, reach the hospital to help out the patients then more and more people will be dying every single day so these are things that you know because of panic we are seeing but at the same time instead of just creating a panic in the society you know the government not just in jamaica across the globe we noticed that they tried to uh until in the us for example they tried downplaying this whole situation with sure. the virus for a sure. very long time and then at the end now they are coping with the difficult situation this this has put them in instead of uh, doing downplaying if the government's prepared the people that this time is coming you need to smarten up you need to make more sacrifices and be there for one another then we, we you know we would have been able to deal with this whole situation in a much better manner i even read that the first patient who was uh, found patient 0 they referred to as uh you know she was um, uh, she had traveled to uk and then coming back she had the virus so people threatened to kill her yeah, and, and her, her family, family, her family. That, because she was the first patient to bring the virus to jamaica that's so very bad very exactly. bad exactly this is what i feel that this is happening because of the panic that has been created we need to understand that yes these things are happening the virus is there it's not easy to contain or control or just uh, you know there's no vaccine to just cure it and make it go away but at the same time we need to help each other rather than try to you know god forbid get mad and try to kill one another at uh, for sm- for reasons uh, where we should be actually supporting them helping them and you know sometimes ignorance kills if you look at the number of the fatalities you might notice that if i mean due diligence was done sometimes ignorance kills more people than even the the the, the sickness itself i recently read um the story of a young lady during the um the outbreak of ebola in i think that person was in liberia and a young lady who um recovered from ebola and um had to offer herself as a nurse because her body had um developed immune immunity to the uh, the disease so she did an excellent job and she was almost in the international media but then some months after she went for delivery and the nurses refused to touch her for fear of i mean getting the ebola a person who had you know um recovered and had developed immunity to the disease and had sacrificed her life seven others now when it was her turn to be i mean saved they did not take proper care of her and then she she lost her life so the, the disease did not kill her however ignorance, ignorance you know you know killed killed her and these are some of the things i think we should we should uh, be careful of as a society um let, let's let's look at um the situation that almost every time we attribute to um calamities of this uh, magnitude whenever there are such issues calamities you know plagues and other things faith groups religious you know people try to attribute it as um, the punishment of god how do you see this covid-19 or coronavirus uh, do you see it in that in that in that line as a religious um, leader see um i you or anyone out there has no authority to say that this is a punishment of god this is the wrath of god we do not have that authority unless god himself tells us sure 
that this is the case. Or one that is appointed by God Almighty, a prophet sure. or a, a representative of a prophet, sure. such as a khalifa or a successor. Sure. He tells us that, yes, this is, this is a punishment of God Almighty. So only in that case one should make this claim that this is the wrath of God. Um, but at, at the other, on the other hand, all these disasters and troubles should remind us of our responsibilities towards God. And that is one of the reasons that we have, uh, you can say, you know, um, problems or issues like this, or storms, earthquakes and pandemics, that they remind us that how weak and humble we are. But going back to the question that you asked, the, um, you know, uh, basically the leader, uh, spiritual leader of Ahmadiyya Muslim community, whom we believe to be the uh, divinely appointed uh, leader for uh, our community as well as for the entire world in this day and age. He recently in a sermon of 6th March 2020, he said that uh, it could well be a wrath of God. But at the same time, he said that in the time of the promised Messiah, the Ali Messiah... Fatih the second coming of sure. uh, Jesus, Jesus peace be upon as him we believe. as we believe uh, you know to be in person of his holiness mirza gulam ahmed may god be pleased with him um, you know it was mentioned that at that time there will be a lot of pandemics there will be a lot of earthquakes there will be major storms and things like that so because of that each of these major pandemics that affect the world we can attribute it to this time that because of the time of the Messiah, God had already mentioned that they will happen, so they are happening. And they should be, a, you know, as a believer, they, they strengthen my faith that, okay, I need to go turn back, turn to God Almighty more than before. And for someone who is not religious or who has forgotten the teachings of religion, it is a reminder for him also or her also that you and I have no power. Sure. We are weak. We are very humble. Unless God, you know, uh, helps us, we, we cannot even lift a stone off the ground, a small pebble off the ground. This is how weak or, uh, you know, humble we are. So this, this disease, now look at it, what, ha what has it done? People are locked inside their houses. And armies, you know, military personnel, I mean, countries that used to call themselves superpowers, now relying on praise. Relying on prayers. Donald Trump, the yeah. president, himself said that, uh, you know, this is a time for prayers. And sure. um, it, it, exactly. It, I mean, shows, it shows how weak we are as human beings. Exactly. And, and the need to always, um, you know, call on and dedicate ourselves to, to the Almighty. I had mentioned, I just mentioned that uh, in the time of the promised Messiah, sure. referring to the sermon that was delivered by sure, His Holiness sure. Mirza Masur Ahmad, the Khalifa or the successor of Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He mentioned that in the time of the Messiah, these diseases, these pandemics were supposed to increase. So, I mean, just take a look at past hundred years. We believe the Messiah, the second coming of the Messiah was sure. in 1800s, late 1800s. 1889, this community, Ahmadiyya Muslim community was founded. From that point till today, if you take a look, there has been so much wars, so many earthquakes, so many of these diseases that come every two, three, four years. About hundred years ago, in 1918, one of the worst pandemics to ever affect the world was Spanish flu. They say that more than 50 million and up to 100 million people died during that period, during that pandemic. Sure. So again, and if we just look at our recent history from uh, you know, early 2000 till now, we, in 2003 we had the SARS, right? South Asian Respiratory sure. Syndrome. 
about 800 or so people died from that. Then in 2009, we had the swine flu. 284,000 people died because of that in a short span of time. Then soon after, we had MERS or MERS or Middle sure. East Respiratory Syndrome and about 1,000 people or so died. Then we had Ebola and again about 11,000 people, people died. died yeah. And now we, have had, now we have COVID or coronavirus and about 5,000 or so people have already died. 10,000 10 people, uh, 10, people have already died and still counting. There we go. And the number is constantly increasing. Sure. And so thi this is, um, we, we just see the pattern that how it was mentioned that in the time of the second coming of the Messiah, these diseases, these, uh, you know, pestilence, these plagues, these, uh, these wars and were going to increase, right? Jesus, peace be upon him, said that you will hear of wars, you will hear sure. of rumors of wars and many other things that he mentioned. And because we see them being fulfilled today, the Messiah appeared 100 or so years ago. Sure. And we see that since then, there has been a rise in this. And this is a constant reminder to mankind, to humanity, to turn to God Almighty sure. and accept the one that has been, sent, been sent by, by God, God Almighty. Thank you very much, um, Imam Tariq. And um, I always say that, um, you know, in every situation, no matter how bad it might look, there are some positive or good lessons that uh, we can take from this. And I have outlined few, maybe things that we can learn from this uh, outbreak of coronavirus, which is called COVID-19. Observing social media, one thing I have seen is that people have now realized the need to pray. That is one thing I have, I have come to, to, to know, individuals and also countries. It will surprise you to know certain individuals that almost, if I check their status, it was being at the party, you know, having, you know, wine in their hands, dancing, and showing how like pretty they look like and other things and you know almost like consistently you might see them partying now you see them i mean saying that we should pray or now sharing bible quotations and references to show that now i mean they are the children of god so much so that um countries and um recently as we we mentioned the um u.s president donald trump who people might maybe some people might think that um People of that kind of caliber do not have anything to do with God. But then he ordered that um, the U.S. should have a national day of praise. It clearly shows how weak human beings are. And a country like U.S., I mean, declaring their weakness, saying that they have to pray to God, shows that at least this situation, unfortunate as it might be, is drawing our attention to one of the most important you know reasons and purpose of man on earth that is establishing contact with our creator another thing i have also noticed is that um, this situation has also brought about the awareness of the value of life this is something interesting i said to somebody during a discussion that no matter how bad this situation gets in jamaica God forbid, we, this virus would not kill up to 1,000 people in Jamaica within a year, no matter how worse it gets. It is not a prophecy, but then looking at the trend of certain things and the measures being taken. However, 
annually as a small country of Jamaica we kill over 1200 people on a regular yearly basis so now let's you know look at the, the 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 damage we are doing to ourselves as a society and i believe if the seriousness we are showing to this um coronavirus this this virus if we were to add i mean attend to the murder and other situations with the same seriousness we would have saved a lot of lives and i think this is something that um this disease has also brought to us that now we know the value of life even the people who might be criminals they themselves are also afraid of i mean getting um this disease i know we're running out of time in conclusion i just wish to say that the teaching of islam is love for all hatred for none keeping that in mind we should be not acting selfishly at this time but rather working together and if we do that we will be able to get through this difficult time and this virus or the, all this challenge that we're facing it will pass inshallah thank you very much so um in every bad situation i believe we can try to learn some positive you know um uh, lessons from it and as you said of course we have run um, short of time and wrapping the program up i would pray that god the almighty who we call allah takes care of the situation and bring a lasting solution to this uh, pandemic and also protect each and every one of us our listeners our children the elderly particularly we have to also pray for them that god help them and protect them each one of them and bring a lasting solution to the entire world also and if this is as a result of some form of um punishment from god then we need also pray that god you know takes it away from us and then we should also be ready to repent and do what god requires of us to do until we come your way next time listeners with another interesting um, episode of voice of islam god willing from the ahmedia muslim community stay safe and take the precautionary measures but then our motto is love for all and hatred for none assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh